I'm Alex Hirsch, the voice of Farmer Sprott. I'm uh, Rob Renzetti. Uh, I always don't know what to say when you say you're the voice of someone because I was the <laughs> voice of no one. I did, I did, I tried to audition for Stanford several times in several. Oh meetings. my goodness! I was hoping you would cast me as Stanford, but there's a lot of Rob in Stanford. Yeah, but I never got the part, and I'm so happy I didn't because <laughs> J.K. Simmons is amazing. Because J.K. Simmons is is so so good. Yeah. Um, so the idea of having there be an election episode was something that. I had always wanted to do. Um, I had actually imagined in season one that the season finale of season one would be an election between Stan and Gideon. Yep. Um, and that Gideon would win and that Gideon for one episode would be the mayor of Gravity Falls and that he would impose all these Dickensian standards and practices rules on Gravity Falls. <laughs> we ended up going a different way, sending him to prison. And then th th this season I was like, how about he runs for mayor from prison? Um, and Josh Weinstein, who's on our season, was like, that was literally an episode of The Simpsons that I wrote. I'm like, oh, but I want an election. Um, and at this point in the series, Gideon had just been in jail the whole season. Yeah, like, we barely we never them. checked in on him. We tried so we tried hard to, to do break us uh, like Gideon in prison. I what really, was it Silence of the Hams? There I, was a Gideon. Yeah, I, I really wanted. I, this was a per particular bugaboo of mine. I really wanted to see like me a, too. A Gideon like rises through the ranks of the prison, like and becomes the kingpin. <laughs> and becomes and we the kind of just had to skip all skip that in just to have him be a kingpin. You know what I mean? But yeah, and you buy it because everybody loves little Gideon. You like it made sense that the prisoners and would would fall in love with him as well. well. We knew it would be funny to have Gideon in prison. We thought there was a lot of great gags that we could do in there, and we tried to crack episodes that were about that. Yeah, but we could never think of a a shift in his status quo yeah. that was interesting enough to justify the time we spent yeah. there. Because we, we didn't want to arc him in no. prison. No. Um, and without an arc, all you like we couldn't think of a story that took us into prison. Yeah. And th there was early versions of um of not what he seems involving Stan getting taken in where we yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, where he ended up in prison. Maybe him and Gideon are in prison yeah. together and they have, have to, to break, break out. out. Like, yeah. There was so many cool ideas, but we never had room for them. Yeah. Um, and at this point in the season I realized We've only got like, you know, five episodes left or something, and we never came back to Gideon. And the, the whole reason this episode exists was just me feeling, it, the reason Love God exists was me saying, this is our last season and we're never going to see Robbie again yeah. unless we do something. And this was yeah. me being like, this is our last chance for Gideon. Little did I know that we'd end up putting him in the first act of, um, uh, or no, in the first part of Weird Mageddon. Yeah. And we ended Which up actually I'm glad getting, we did. Yeah, that great. ended up being a good solution. Because it kind of solved something that we set up here at the end of this episode. But yeah. also, but also like, I remember first season, you being like, I don't want to overuse Gideon. Yes. That was the fear originally. And we really did not go to him that often. Um, we kind of had him. He's a there. potent spice. Yeah, he, he was kind of the, the villain in three stories. Um, but then he, and he appeared in a handful of other ones. But I, I remember you're like, I don't want to overdo it. And part of like sending him to prison was also our like way of... Of like saying as writers like saying no we're not gonna he's not gonna be the center of season two he's not gonna be the big villain of season two and things change and stakes are real yeah um the this episode was actually a very challenging episode to write because of where it was in the season because you know we were at this point we were doing post on you know the first half of the season and you know i was trying to plan out the end of the entire series, Weird Mageddon. Yeah. And this episode was this weird floating episode in the middle. And so I'm like, we need, let's do an election episode. Let's check in on Gideon. Um, if, if there's a way to get a little continuity, that would be great. And I remember Jeff and, uh, and, and Josh working on this. And they came up with a lot of really great jokes. But there was, I think there was this desire to make this more important from a continuity point of view. Right. Um, and there was actually a version of this, which in retrospect, part of me wishes I had done. We had considered a version where Nathaniel Northwest 
Preston Northwest was running for. Right. It was Pacifica's dad was running for for mayor, and actually there was a version where he calls Bill. He summons Bill. Yeah, I he runs that. for mayor and he's losing, and he summons Bill to possess him to help him run for mayor. Um, but it broke so many things that we were trying to do with other episodes. Yeah. That it was one of those tough tough breaks where I was like, that's a really fun story. But I think it's not gonna hook up with all these other yeah, things. Yeah, I mean, at this point, we'd also done the um, we'd done the Northwest story in the mansion with the you know, and uh, and we'd already done Bill possessing someone. Yeah, in the I mean, sock it, opera is so great. When he, I mean, it was gonna be hard to beat. That. It felt like we it were just like repeating that yeah. beat, and um, it wasn't gonna be nearly as good as in Possessing Dipper, which is a shame because there was so many great jokes. So this episode yeah. almost. It, it, this episode almost is like defined by all the things it's not. What it, yeah, what it wasn't. <laughs> no, but by, by the spot it is in the season. And, you know, as a result, I think it's it's not when people like talk about their top 10. It's not the first one that comes to mind. Sure. Um, but like, I think it's like a really fun, sweet, solid well, episode. The and, one you big, know, the one Jeff big, and Josh did a great job. Yeah. I mean, the one big thing it does is it really highlights Stan's inferiority complex uh, compared to his brother. Right? I mean, yes. part of what he's doing is he's trying to be an important man here. Well, and I think that what this does, this actually, uh, this episode's actually a pretty good setup in many ways for Weird McGeddon Part 3, when we see Ford, they're all going on this rescue mission to rescue Ford, and this episode shows you just how much Stan wants to be the hero. Yeah. Like, the reason that he can, can't shake Ford's hand when they're in that circle is this, is, is, the, is the cold open of this, where he sees everyone loves Ford, and now that Ford's back, he's the best Stan. So Stan's like, uh, well, how about I run for mayor? Like, right. it's, it's just to, to boost his ego and make him feel better about himself. But Bud's definitely up to something, and we're the only ones who can stop him. You're right, Dipper. Besides, Stan has a kind of charisma. How hard could getting him elected be? Um, gotta give huge credit to Jeff Rowe, who all this stuff about the town charter and a birdly kiss, yeah, a mayoral is, eagle. Yes, this is Jeff. This something this weird could only <laughs> could only come from Jeff. It's great, and I love it. <laughs> a freedom eagle who bestows a birdly kiss upon the candidate with the most seed, making him the. Yeah, that's. I love it. <laughs> And that just looks like an old version of Cute Biker. That looks like it must be Cute Biker's ancestor. Yeah, well, he's got he's got it in his genes, obviously. So I, I remember, you know, this was this episode was a lot of fun to do once we finally cracked the story. Cracking it was hard, but it was fun once we figured it out. Um, I remember when this episode came out, uh, there was a reviewer who basically... We didn't get a great review on this episode because... It's already soft political satire. You know, yeah. it's a kid's show. Yeah. But it was sort of rendered pointless by the 2016 election like the concept of this episode is there used to be this thing in politics called gaffes where a politician yeah. would say something that was like a little cruel or off color um, and then they would be disqualified because yeah. we'd like to have somebody respectable to be president yeah. and so I'm like oh Stan is the most gaff prune guy in the proof guy in the world so the whole episode rests on the idea that if you insult the American flag or say that you should have kids fight each other on an island that that'll get you disqualified and after the 2016 election it's it became the case that you could just be exactly like Stan and win yes um, and so when this episode came out people were kind of raw they were just like, this, this is not a commentary on anything we're witnessing in our reality anymore. This is from an old universe that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Um, like, but, you know, to us, we, seemed, we thought like, oh, Stan would be clearly, Stan would run for ego. He would do an awful job. Yes. And he would thankfully not win. Yes. <laughs> Even though it would be fun to see him screw up the process in the meantime. Yes. Uh, ripped page right there. That's to set up the fact that Gideon has a page hidden in his hair yep. later in the episode for eagle-eyed viewers. Yep. 
device that would allow you to control someone else. Oh, wait, of course, yes, there is. A long time ago, I designed a prototype for Ronald Reagan's masters. Just get Stan to wear this, and you can make him a literal talking head. Whoa, this is amazing and ethically ambiguous. As long as you wear the matching one, he'll say and do whatever you want him to. Thank you, great Uncle Ford. Yes, yes, use it responsibly and all. Whoa, thanks for the slamming tie, dudes. These stripes are so slimming. You really think this mind control tie? Um, the mind control tie. I think that was. I think that was a, an idea between Jeff and Josh. Um, it was. It was a really nice, simple. Yeah. Way to do this. Love this. Love this bit. Nicely. <laughs> nicely story. I love that. I love Seuss's reaction. That he's. <laughs> you know, he has a very real reaction to losing control of his, his mind for a moment. It's. It's pretty messed up. I think it's you know, very messed up. This is very, very, very uh, bad thing for this Mabel is a little to do dark. to this another is, human being. This is one of Mabel's cruelest moments. Like, yeah, kind of. My, you only buy it because she's so so incredibly charming and well, sweet. I mean, for me, my, my kind of rule generally with Mabel being oblivious to characters' pain is it can only happen because. She's having so much fun doing something. That, right. Like, because I was saying in, in another commentary that I think Dipper and Mabel are of e equal exact intelligence, but Dipper, Dipper's insecure, sees his accomplishments as a way to make himself better and thus is motivated to focus on things that are, you know, accomplishment type mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. And Mabel is very confident and likes having fun. And when she's having a good time, she starts. To, she has a little tunnel vision for the people, sure. for the things around her. Of course. Um, that, that's Mabel's sort of, that's one of her biggest flaws, is that she's actually really, really sweet when she notices and understands your pain. But when she's doing a bit, when yeah. she's doing a scene, when she's doing a gag, a caricature of Sabrina, Amelia, and Dana, who are all board artists at this time. Yep. Um, this is all really well boarded. That love, uh, Stan love, has Mabel acting. Yeah, Mabel Cheek. But I believe in things. Yeah. It was nice to get a chance to uh, bring back this guy. This guy? America guy? <laughs> America guy um, from uh, uh, Irrational Treasure. Stan having the wall eyes is our way of showing that he's, he's not in his mind at this point. Uh, Jeff Rowe, who's also a writer on this, um, big aficionado of... of Rapping randomly mid, <laughs> he would just. He, yeah. We were constantly trying to get him to stop freestyling. Yes. <laughs> um, and yes. so any Jeff Rowe episode probably has some reference to somebody breakdancing. And he's, you know, in reality, he was doing 20 times as much as might appear in any script. Yeah. What does that sound? Why are people jamming their hands together? I like this. I like the idea that he's never heard applause. I like this. Even, even as a showman who's done so many yeah. tours of the Mystery Shack, he's heard laughter. But applause, he's never yeah, quite not, gotten there. Not as familiar with that concept. Um, this was probably one of... <laughs> the idea that... One of the things that was hard about this episode was we really loved the idea that there's going to be a mayoral election in Gravity Falls, and we had all these ideas of every other character running <laughs> and all these scenes of the funny ways in which other characters would yeah. run, and then we just had to cut them all for time. Yeah. Because uh, just there, there was not room... Well, yeah, we got to set up Gideon. We got to set up the the story going on between the kids and Stan. There's too much um, to do. Uh, it was it was this this reveal was really fun. Uh, Dana Terrace storyboarded this scene. Um, this idea that Gideon has somehow rigged some sort yeah. of setup from prison, um, where he is still completely in control. And it's it's very well boarded to make him, even though he's just this little guy on a TV screen, he feels powerful and terrifying. Yeah. 
This is the oh, first nice. introduction of Ghost Eyes. Yeah. Uh, Ghost Eyes was a character that Jeff Rowe, one of our writers, invented for a Mabel short, yeah, Mabel's, Mabel's Guide short. to Smiles, which never saw the light of day yeah. because it involved Mabel going to prison and cheering up all the convicts. It was a really... And there was all these characters with names like Killbone and Ghost Eyes. Now, that was, was that part of kind of Jeff's introduction to the show? That was one of the first things Jeff's ever, ever wrote for the series. And it was um, amazing. Time we fight fire with fire. I've been saving this for a long time, waiting for the right moment. Boy, now we discussed this. No more spooky spells. Well, Daddy, maybe you just need to have more of an open mind. This, um, I, I was, one of the hard things to crack about this was, I want Gideon to be involved. It's cool that he might be possessing somebody. But the fact that we had, I generally only wanted to have one type of magic in yeah, the episode. Yeah. The idea that we have possession and that we have a mind control tie was a little outside sure. of but normal. I mean, you could say the that they're are. both in the, they're both possession. That's, that's sort of how I was okay of. with it. Looking good, Mayor Candidate. Hooey, it's a guy I'm gonna vote for. Looking a-okay, Stanford. A-okay. Dad, that means so much coming from you. Hey-o! Stan! Now just the lady. Stan's now just the ladies my age. Stan! Whoop, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it is... That is Stan at his least forgivable. Yeah, like it's very he, cruel. Like, like Stan is a is he's not a good person. He comes from this kind of old, yeah, borscht belt kind of crummy oh, yeah. chauvinist generation. Um, and it's it, it's a tough thing writing a character like that because you don't want to you don't want to suggest that we think it's cool to be like that. At the same time, you want him to be true to our various awful grandfathers. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so I, I felt like for the most part, you know that that's. That's a plausible thing for Stan to do that you only forgive because you know he's not a role model. Nobody wants to be like Stan. The kids never look up. The only person who looks up to Stan is Seuss. Yes. And Seuss is enough of a comedy character that you under, the joke is, oh, this guy thinks the worst way to live is good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and in, in, in one point you realize why. I mean, we made it yes. clear why Seuss looks up to Stan. Um, he gave him his job. He gave him a father he's basically figure. Basically, he's essentially Seuss's father. You can tell that know-it-all Ford that he can keep his fancy light bulbs and magic ties. I'm gonna win this debate on my own without any of you. Stan, wait! You can't! Oh, this is bad. If we want to beat Bud, we need another candidate. Fast. What we need is a... And of course, Stan, who's had a life of just chaos and disappointment, the, the only person who would be a surrogate son, son to Stan is, is this, <laughs> this guy. guy. This guy right here. But also, Seuss has the biggest heart in the world. Yeah. So, like, only the biggest heart in the world could forgive all of Stan's many flaws. Well, and also, if, if Seuss can love Stan, then maybe there's not there's something in there worth loving. Then maybe we can, too. That's a Jeff Robert line. That always cracked me up. Is, is, I've ne it's, it's something you'll never see on the news, is, is a news anchor saying, this, this is event important. That, we've, <laughs> that we've hyped up doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. It's very much the opposite, much to all of our detriment, <laughs> that everything is an amazing breaking news story. Tyler Cutebiker being one of the candidates, uh, I got to give Josh Weinstein credit. His stump speech, education, get it. Prosperity, yeah. get it. That's, yeah. that's Josh Weinstein, fan of the show, uh, bringing his love into it. Yeah. I mean, again, another character that gag. was meant to be a one-note One note gag joke. that then became the mayor. Like, oh my God, he appears so many times, uh, something you thought we'd only see once. But you love it. Stan immediately launching into stimulating the economy by waging war on, like, Portland using antique cannons. Like, I want to watch that. I want to see that happen. Yeah. 
a lot of I've made several references on this commentary to just what an insufferable nerd I was in high school. Um, <laughs> and a, here's another one. It's a theme. Um, I, I learned in high school about this guy who, I think he was like a, like a mayor or something in New York who like it, during like the, when Lincoln was president, he decided he wanted to take his corner of New York and secede from the Union, and if, and if President Lincoln has a problem with this, the state of Tri-Insula will wage war against the United States of America. Um, which is like the funniest thing to me, I, like as a kid, like, like alternate history. So like, Trembley kind of came from that. Yeah. Um, and just stuff like Stan wanting to wage war on other cities came from like me as a kid, just like thinking it was so funny, the idea of like, I'm just gonna secede and wage war. Love it. Because <laughs> it's so clearly a terrible idea. Gideon has a line here. I have to hand it to you. You've gotten a lot more evil since I last saw you. That's sort of yeah. Gideon calling out the fact that like Dipper and Mabel are not super moral in this episode. They've got a good rationale, but they're pretty cavalier about the people they're controlling. It was so great to have Thurup back because we hadn't had Gideon in a really long time, and he always brings so much to this character. Yeah. This um this scene right here was actually a very late retake. And yeah, we, I remember. We, we added new animation and paid for new animation to add this later in the game because when we were finishing up this episode, at this point, we had written Weird Mageddon Part One, and we realized that he does still hold a candle for yeah, Mabel. Yeah, and we got to and we keep were like, alive. oh, we were he was gonna blow Mabel up. Yeah. So we had to suggest, no, no, he still has a crush on Mabel. He's just a psychopath. Yeah. I I remember one time at a um, convention, I had a little girl. Uh, ask me a question, uh, you know, after the, the, during the Q&A, she asked about, you know, Gideon, Gideon has a crush on Mabel, but he's mean. Why does he like her if he's mean? And sort of, it was such a sweet, innocent question. And kind of the answer that I gave is, sometimes in life, people, uh, people handle their emotions wrong and they're mean to you. And when they act like that, um, you should act like Mabel and tell them to, Get, get the heck away from you. Yeah. There are people like this, and great, great they are the lessons. worst possible people, and don't give them any patience at all. <gasps> Listen, everybody, this debate is over. I gotta go save my family. Those, those are just some demolition dummies. Nothing to see here. Can it, Gleeful? <laughs> this is another Jeff Rose special. The idea of Stan ripping off yeah, his... his for no good reason. And, ...and punching birds and calling them uh, terror birds. <laughs> Um, that was one of the great things about having Jeff Rowe on this show was uh, a lot of the most absurd gags he would bring that. And it is, it, it's always heartwarming to see Stan be the hero. Yeah, and especially when he's saving the kids. Especially how they've, after the way they've treated him in this episode. I mean, they were right that he would lose. He was being yes. arrogant. No, um, he, he, he definitely would have lost. But they were definitely going a little mad with power with that mind control tie. I can still drop you, you know. <laughs> That's the key to writing Stan, is even when yes. he's sweet, he still has to threaten to murder his, <laughs> yes. his niece and nephew. No, 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 no. So I would, you know, in another parallel universe where we were doing a bunch of different episodes and had a completely different canon, I would have thought it would have been interesting to see Stan as a mayor for maybe one episode before yeah, it all falls apart. Sure. Um, but for what we were planning, you know, again, we knew that we were ending the series and Stan being a mayor was not going to help us out. Yeah, so we didn't have time. It was not hard to think of a reason that Stan could win of and course. then have it be invalidated. I had a really fun time writing all of the crimes. That's just a, a list I wrote late at night of uh, mm -hmm. pug trafficking, 
llama side. Just the dumbest things I could possibly <laughs> think of. Yes, he murdered a llama at some point. Here it is. I think, was it Dana who storyboarded this? Or um, I don't Sabrina? I don't I'm so sorry. Whichever storyboard. Oh, it was Sabrina. You did a great job. Thank you. No, no, it was Dana. Whichever one of you. Good job. <laughs> we had so many. They both did a good job. Well, we had, we would have some, multiple parts. artists on each episode and then we'd have yeah. them sometimes do revisions on each other's boards. Yeah. So you'd have one it section. It got complicated. Yeah. Hines loses. What? Despite winning an overwhelming 95% of the vote, election officials had to... I do believe that the citizens of Gravity Falls would... This was another thing that was out of... that's completely obsolete. The idea that revealing crimes about yes, a politician would get run them, them out of run out of office. Like, now it's just an asset. But at the time, <laughs> we actually believed in laws. Back in the day. Due to this shocking development, it would appear the mayorship passes to the... This is the first time we hear his actual name. Uh, Tyler Cutebaker. Uh, so his his original yes. name in there was Cute Biker. Yes. Um, and, and then he became Tyler because of Tyler uh, Chen. We named him Tyler after a storyboard artist who came up with him. And then at this point he was Tyler Cutebaker. Um, there's a lot of weird stuff in there. Freeze frame it. Be amazed at Stan's the many, degree many, of his awfulness. Yeah, I mean the, the whole. I, and I think you're right, Rob. I, I do think the value of this episode is that. We're learning just how important it is that he's seen as, at this point, the kids have become his surrogate fa family. At the beginning of the show, they were just kind of a little nuisance, and then he kind of tried out getting the family from them that he never got from his brother, and the yeah. idea that he would lose them to his brother is his greatest nightmare. Um, and the only way he can really express that is in trying to be impressive to them, and trying to be his brother's rival. Yeah. This is great. Gives you just a hint of uh, Gideon's life in prison. <laughs> yeah, we never uh, got that full episode, but we got the sense yes. that he's made a lot of friends. And they, they all love him. Yeah, they're willing to do anything for him. And here's here's your continuity. A little nod kick to the idea right that at the end. If if Bill's gonna take over, Gideon wants to be back on his good side. There you go.